0: to invite someone to something other than a church service. And if you tell them, hey, I want you to come in a night of comedy and music, um, it's not church, right? And so you could invite someone, buy their ticket for them, they'll feel obligated to come. All the more, and uh, who knows what God will do in that concert to reach them for Jesus. So uh, make sure you avail yourself the tickets, not just for yourself, but for others as well. Uh, I also want to thank some other people today, because uh, we have something called Life Builders here at Crossroads in this last fall. We talked about this this fall, we'll talk about it again, about what we're going to do in this new year, and uh, several folks made commitments. Some people said, hey, I can give up a $5 coffee a week and give that extra $5 toward the church, and what Life Builders is is saying, I'll do this over and above, you know what I would normally do. If you're a tither, then you know you give the ten percent. But then also, I want to give extra toward life builders. And because of your generosity, we've been able to support more missionaries than ever. We're looking uh, to support a new uh, missions effort on Ball State campus. And so I think that's pretty cool. And um, so, and if you have a student at Ball State, you I think it's really cool. And uh, for those of you who can't go to Ball State or see it, uh, it'll be a phenomenal ministry happening right there on campus. But what you maybe can see are the new seats and the new paint that's going on uh, in the lobby. And those seats and that renovation of our lobby space is being done because of Life Builders. So I just want to say to those of you who are Life Builders, and maybe some of you would like to become a Life Builder, there's information in the lobby so you can find out what you can do to become a Life Builder. But I just want to celebrate the people who are helping us to make a big difference and big impact. So will you help me to do that? Thank you to the Life Builders. Here. It's awesome. And uh, also, thank you for praying for me as I was about halfway around the world this past week in India and uh, quite an experience. Uh, A week ago, your pastor was praying over prostitutes. And children of prostitutes, and it was just a very moving experience, and uh, life-changing, impacting. And we'll talk more about it through the rest of this year uh, of how that we're going to be able to help to rescue uh, women and children uh, in that part of the world. It's it's pretty overwhelming—the thousands of people that need to be rescued. And uh, so we'll, we'll be talking more about that. But let me mention again about the cards. Uh, this is an opportunity this next week to invite someone to a series that will make sense to any person. Uh, I, I know that God has declared that we are more than conquerors in this life. Did you know that? Sure. You can look it up for yourself. It's in there. Uh, we're more than conquerors. And so we are overcomers in this life. However, I look around and I see a lot of people that seem to be overcome by things. And overcome by apathy, overcome by fear, overcome by anxiety, and different things. And so we are going to talk about, over the next four weeks, how we can be overcomers. And so uh, who doesn't want to be an overcomer? So it's an easy invite, and I'd like for you to take the card in hand, if you would. I did this with the first service. Uh, If you put yours away, just grab one from a seat there, that's empty, and grab one and hold it in your hand. Because here's what I believe about God. I believe God orders our steps. But I'm the only guy that does, okay, uh, evidently, right? Are, you believe that? He orders our steps. That, that there's times where I'm like, oh my gosh, what are the chances of me being right here right now? Have you ever felt that way? And, and so God does those kinds of things. And so here's what I believe this week. I already know someone I've been inviting to Crossroads for quite some time. And he, he will tell me, hey, don't give up on me. You know, I'll show up one of these weeks and whatever. And, and so uh, I, I still haven't given up on him. I, I almost at times feel like giving up on him because he, he hasn't shown up yet. But this week, God could bring somebody else across my path. Today, tomorrow, next day, God could bring someone across my path, and the purpose for it is so that I can invite them next Sunday. Right? You believe that? So take that card in hand, I'm gonna pray over it. Father, uh, you can use this simple piece of paper, it's amazing. And you can use the way that our life bumps into somebody else's life at just the right time. And so this week, God, use me and use everyone else in this room to be sensitive to reach someone else because we live in a culture where we are overcome, but we are to be overcomers. And so, Lord, we pray that you'll use this series to reach this community and reach it through us, and we pray these blessings in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 All right, Galatians, we are wrapping up a series that we've been in for the last six weeks, six chapters of this writing of Paul. And uh, last week, my good friend Johnny Garrison was in the house. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, no one like Johnny, and uh, I grew up about four doors down from him much of my life, and so I've, I've gotten over that uh, pretty much now. No, it's, it was awesome. It was incredible. And uh, so, uh, it's great to have him last week. It's good to be here this week and wrap this up, because we're going to go to Galatians chapter 6, and uh, if you're new with us, that's where we've been. We've just been going through this book uh, called Galatians, actually an ancient letter we discovered on week one, and Paul wrote it to Galatia area and said, hey, I was planting a church up there, you guys got it going on and all, and then somebody came in behind me and gave you another gospel, and how do you get all confused? And, and so he writes this letter to bring correction, to help them to understand the true gospel of Jesus the true good news of Jesus, right? We learned that on week one. So if you weren't able to be with us, the good news is it's out on the internet, and you can just uh, download the podcast, listen to the podcast uh, from that week or any other week that maybe you were unable to be here. But today we're going to wrap this up because Paul takes all this freedom that he's talked about Uh, We're we're to live in freedom. We're to experience freedom. We're not under the law. Uh, We've been changed by Jesus. It's not Jesus and, right? It's not Jesus and this, Jesus and that. It's just Jesus. And so he's explained this to us. Now, today, as he wraps this up, he says, you know, he didn't just get this for you. This is for other people as well, and so we're going to see that today. Galatians chapter 6, let's start with verse 14 in this chapter, and then we'll circle back around. May I never boast, Paul says, except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Of course, we uh, had an experience of the cross a few moments ago and taking communion, what the cross means, his crucifixion for us. But here's what he says, and he, he had already talked about this once before, through which the war world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Paul said in Galatians 2.20 that I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I live, but Christ lives in me, and the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. We talked about being the living dead, you remember that message from week two? And so uh, Paul kind of comes back to this thought of being crucified, And, and this time he's talking about how I'm different because I've come to Christ. And, and here's how I would explain it. My want to is different. Anybody have that? Where when you came to Jesus and he came into your life, your want to changed. Things you wanted to do you really don 't get excited about it anymore, and things you didn 't want to do now you get excited about it i 've talked to people in this church here just a few weeks ago uh, that said, "You know, I used to not even read at all, like the last book I read was high school, you know and uh, you know I, I just don 't read, but I have started reading the Bible. And it started making sense to me. And it's just been speaking to me. Or this other person said, I've been reading books about the Bible from authors that people have talked about when when, when we've had speakers in and different things. And now I'm like, give me another one. No, I, I wanna know more. And it's interesting how Paul says, you know, that that's kind of how your life comes. When, when you come to Jesus, you, you have this transformation. But how many of you know that it's not as permanent of a take as you'd like for it to be? Anybody with me on that? Because a true confession, uh, my Christian life has not just been up and to the right. You know, I'm just getting more perfected every day, just, you know, more holy, just awesome, you know? Anybody with me on that? My Christian experience, my relationship with God has been more like this. Anybody like that? Where it's kind of up and down, and one day I'm like, wow, God is so awesome. (laughs) And then the next day, I'm like, you know, it's like the mountain's on top of me or I'm on top of the mountain. And, and Paul says, you know, what, what, what happens though is still down in your heart, what, what's happening is you, you don't got to do this anymore. You get to do this now. So in other words, your, your motivation is changing the way you're looking at things is changing. Look at Galatians chapter 5, verse 13. Pull that scripture up. He says, you, my brothers, were called to be free. He starts this thinking, carries on into chapter 6. Don't use your freedom to indulge a in sinful nature. In other words, you can't say, well, now I can just do what I want to do. He says, now what you want to do, it should be, is to serve one another in love. Because the entire law is summed up in a single command, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, you don't need to memorize 10 commandments. Or in that day, 630 commandments. You know, because they just kept adding on. Instead, he says, really, you just do this one. I tell you, if you you do this one, you, you get the rest of them. If you just apply this one to your life, it will change your life. And so, Paul, up to this point, he's not talked too much about serving because he's been afraid that, that what some of us do is we serve to get God's attention. See, we say, Oh, look here, God, I'm going to volunteer for this. Now, you can answer this prayer for me, right? You know, and I grew up in a church where we, uh, you know, believed in showing up for church, but it was kind of like, you know, when we'd have church all the time, we'd have church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, and the real believers come back on Sunday night. Come come on, somebody, right? That's when the real church, you know, would show up. And uh, Wednesday night, you're just one of God's favorites, you know, (laughs) if you show up then. And so Paul says, no, 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 no. We don't do it for that. We do it for him and to love other people. See, it flows through us. Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, look at the New Living Translation. It says it like this. Share each other's burdens, and in this way, you obey the law of Christ. Okay, so there's this new law of Christ and and if you'll share with others, that's the way to obey it. Well, let's look at what that law was from the lips of Jesus himself. Look at what John says. He wrote it down when he heard it. He says, a new command, Jesus speaking, I give you, love one another. Just just do that. Just love one another one another, just just love each other. See, the Old Testament was like law, and you had to do this, and it was your duty. But then Jesus comes along and says, you know, I don't really like you showing up for church just because you have to. What, What I'd like for you to do is have a change of heart to where you want to, to where it's not duty, it's delight. It's my delight. And here's how this happens: is because he's done so much for me. What could I do that'd be over the top for him, right? Am I right? And so then in light of what God's done for me, it's a joy to be able to serve him. It's a joy to be able to give. Oh, thank God it's offering time. I'm so excited about that. Oh, they need more volunteers for that. Oh, that's awesome. Another opportunity to be able to serve Jesus that way. See, it's a whole different mindset. And so serving, let me, let me help you here. Serving when you feel like it's a struggle it's because you have the wrong motivation. Because when you have the right motivation, you don't have to show up. You get to show up. See, you get to participate. And, and it's just true in life. I mean, we know this. We know this in other areas of life. For example, let me just help you. If okay, let's say you're a mom and you do the laundry and whatever, your kids are constantly ruining their clothes. You know, they're like getting stains in there, and it's like, what was that? What is that? You know, and you're like, well, we're gonna have to throw that out. Have you ever said that? And we're we just gonna have to throw that out. And and so, what if? What if? You found a product and you bought it and you started using it and stuff that used to not come out of the clothes is coming out of the clothes. And clothes that you used to have to throw away, you're hanging them back up now. How many of you'd be on Facebook, right? (laughs) Or or something, you know, and you'd be, hey, hey. Let me tell you something. I found something. I found something. It's saving me. My it, it's amazing. It, it, it gets it gets stuff out. I just can't believe it. It's it's changed my life. You know. And, and, and maybe a restaurant has done that for you. You went to some restaurant and you're like, oh my gosh, this is, this is like totally amazing. Everybody should know about this place. And so then you start posting about it and saying, hey, hey, you, check this place out. Oh, it's awesome. And, and you get all excited about it. See, that's what Paul's talking about when when God comes into your life and he gets some stains out that none other could get out when he comes into your life and he does something for you that no other power has been able to do before when he's come into your life and you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good and that he's amazing. Then you want everybody else to experience it. Am I right? You want everybody else to experience it. So Paul says, that's what I'm talking about here. He he says, you know, you don't do these things because you have to. You do them because you want to. And and he says, and the real reason you do it is not just for God, because God's going to be okay if you don't do it. He's really going to be okay. But who won't be okay is your neighbor? Who needs to be changed? Who needs to know? And, and so let's keep our focus on what's important to God, and, and what that is, it's not just freedom for you. It's awesome, you're free. It's awesome. you can come in this place and shout and jump and whatever, and raise your hands and all that, and you do all those things. And that's great. But it's not just for that. It's so you can set your neighbor free. It's so your coworker will be free. It's so your fellow student will be free. That's what the freedom is for. So let's look at the next few moments as we wrap this up about how we can use our freedom for others. Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 says this, Therefore, as we have opportunity... Let us do good to all people, especially who belong to the family of believers. Here's what we're supposed to do. First thing you write down is you need to know your field. Know your field, Paul says. You got to know your sphere of influence. In other words, again, I'm not just here for me. Maybe we should repeat that. (laughs) I'm not just here for me. See, you're you're just not here for you. We're we're here for each other and and to bless others with our life. And and so what we've got to do is just see the world around us and say, oh, we've got to bless all these other people. And I'm telling you, I just came from a place where there's about like one billion people Oh you know in India and and you can go there and you can just think oh we need to make a difference here but it can just seem overwhelming because it's just like where do you start how can you even make a dent but here here's the thing is I don't live in India So I can do what I can do to help somebody who does live in India. But in the meantime, I live in Indiana. (laughs) And God's going to say one day, what were you doing where you were? (laughs) What what about the people there? But even here, there's over a million people in the metro area of Indianapolis. And I can think, how are we going to impact this? Here, here's what I want you to see, is all of us have a sphere of influence, right? And it may be called your family, or it may be called your work environment, or it may be your school, or your club, or your classroom, or the people you golf with, or the people you hang out with. It could be your neighborhood And we all have this sphere of influence. And let me tell you something. If I'll affect my sphere and you affect your sphere, we can make a big difference in the world, right? Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, here's what Paul says. We, however, will not boast beyond proper limits, but will confine our boasting, watch this, to the field God has assigned to us, a field that reaches even you. Paul says, I don't know about reaching everybody, but I know I'm supposed to reach you. You. See, I know my reach can at least get to you, and if I'll touch those who are around me, see, maybe you're in that club to reach the other people in the club. Maybe you're in that space of work because you're supposed to influence those people there. Maybe you've taken up that hobby because you're supposed to get around people who enjoy that hobby but don't know Jesus. Jesus. Acts chapter 17 says this: From one man he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. Now, watch this. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. God put you at this time and place for such a time as this. You're not here by accident. You didn't just pop out, you didn't just come on, oh no, you don't know my background, you don't know how I came to be. I don't care what the circumstances, you were born. And you were born for a reason, you were born for a purpose. And that place and time was already placed by God for you. So you may think, I don't know why, I got all these crazy people in my life. And it may be because God trusts you enough that he put you in with all those crazies, right? And, and dropped you in there in this place and time so that you could be, you could be an influence. Because sometimes I think what we do is we pray, oh God, God, would you just do something about this place? Would, would you just do something here? And God would say, I have. I put you there. I put you there. And so I'm going to do something through you. See, instead of seeing people as a problem, maybe they're an opportunity. An opportunity for us to influence for him. He sent us there. Here's the second thing to write down is you need to know their need, all right? You, you know your field, but then you need to know their need. And to do that, guess what? You have to get close to people. And you have to, you have to find out what the need is. And here's what I want you to do is get a phrase in your head, maybe even this week, and then maybe it'll become a habit, to where you say, let me find the need and heal it. Right. Find a need. And let me tell you something. You won't have to go far. You won't have to go very far. And when you find a need, then bring healing to it. Bring God's presence to it. Bring his power to it. Galatians 6.2 says, share each other's burdens. We're to share in those, Paul says. We're, we're to get involved with others. You know, our serve day was incredible. I mean, I, I still think about it. And every, every week, it seems like I still have people talk about it. You know, we went over across the street to Hickory, made a big difference over there. I get an email from somebody, a teacher, administrator, or someone uh, saying thank you again, or some teacher stops and says something to somebody, and, all, and that's awesome. And it's incredible, and next year we want to even do more. But one day out of the year is not enough. You know, this past two weeks, we have ministered to homeless people here in our own community, housed and and, and fed and taking care of homeless people for a couple weeks. But I'm telling you, that's still, that's a couple weeks out of the year. Here's what would be awesome is all of us doing what we can day to day. Day to day. Maybe it looks like this. That's just a thought. It is Maybe it looks like going into a restaurant and you see somebody that looks at a place. Or maybe it looks like, you know, I don't think they ever take their kids out of the house. Because <laughs> that, that's crazy, you know. And, and maybe they're struggling, and maybe they're embarrassed, and maybe a lot of stuff's going on, and you say, hey, hey, come here, to the server, I want to pay for their meal. And they go out of there touched. They go out of there feeling loved. They go out of there feeling like God knows where they are. See, it's getting in touch with people maybe emotionally. Maybe there's a student at your school and you're like, they are so awkward. They're just odd. And and maybe it's like you've got classes with them. And it's like, how do I keep getting around this person? And then maybe God speaks to you and says, hey, because I want to use you and you find out their story, and you find out their history, and you find out their loneliness, and you find the hurt in their soul, and then you know, now I know why I'm in this class. Now I know why I'm supposed to go over and eat lunch with them when nobody else will. Now I understand my purpose for having this relationship. You see, God will use us to touch someone else. And, and here's the thing, you know, I, I know that's kind of out there, but, but what if you even just started with this, just praying for them? There are people I'm praying for that don't know it. They have no idea, and I'm praying for them. There are people that I want to reach out to that I know need Jesus bad. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I need Jesus, you need Jesus, but they really need Jesus. Anybody got some people like that? Anybody, You sit next to them, maybe? uh, No, don't do that. Don't do that. But, but. But there are people in our lives, but, but see what you can do, you can pray for them and say, God, fill them. There are the people I'm praying, God, fill them with the Holy Spirit. Because if they were full of the Holy Spirit, they wouldn't act like that. They, they wouldn't do like that. They wouldn't be trapped like they are in that. If the Holy Spirit took up residence in their life. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty, right? There's freedom, there's power. Matthew chapter 25, look at what Jesus said. He says, the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed of my father, take your inheritance. The kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty. You gave me something to drink. I was a stranger. You invited me in. I needed clothes. You clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison. You came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, (laughs) when did we see you hungry and feed you? or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you as a stranger and invite you in or needing clothes and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth, whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. You see, we're doing it for him when we reach out to others. And I tell you, one of the moving things of of this India trip was when I had the honor and the privilege, someone asked me if I would pray over this room full of girls that had just shared their dream. And, and so we're, we're talking about kids that have been there since they're four and they've lived in this home. Now they're 14, 15, 16, 17 and they're sharing, I, I want to be a doctor. I want to be a politician and change India. I want to be a teacher. All these different things. And, and these are kids who grew up being under their mama's bed while mom was working as a prostitute, okay? So it just doesn't get much worse than that. And they were brought out of that hopelessness into this new environment and told you can be something. Something. You can do something with your life. You are here for a reason. You are here for a bigger purpose. And as they've heard that, they've believed it, and now they're ready to achieve it, and I had the high honor of praying over them that the dream-maker God would just make their dreams to come to reality in their lives. And let me tell you something. It just doesn't get much better than that, right? Because if you can help somebody else, if you can encourage somebody else today, if you can be a blessing to someone else's life, Jesus says, I take it personally. That's what he does. He says, I I, I take that personally. And I feel like you just did it to me. And so this week, as you go about, just think about how that God takes it personal. When you reach out to somebody else, here's the last thing to write down is know the answer. We've got to know the answer, Paul says. We've got to point them to Jesus and his church. In Galatians 6.10, he says, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. God intended for all of us to belong to the family of believers. I believe that the church is the best place for people to come and be healed. We, we had some guests who were here over this past month or so, and, and two of them, just unrelated, two of them spoke a word over this church family and said, this is a house of healing. Amen. This is a house of healing, yeah. And I believe that, and, and here's why I believe it, not just because he said it. I believe it because I've seen it. See, I've seen people get healed. I've seen people be ministered to physically, financially, spiritually, emotionally, all different kinds of ways. I know one couple, a few years ago, they came into this church. They were broken. They were, you know, their church had just fallen apart, uh, just kind of dwindled down to nothing, and they were pastoring it and all, and they came into this church wounded, wounded, uh, weak and on, and just kind of you know, just need a place where you can just kind of build yourself back up. And so they began to do that, and then they began to get want to get involved because that's the next thing that wants to happen in you is after you have something happen in you, then you want to share it with other people, right? And, and so then they start getting involved, and in all. Next thing you know, after a few years of that, they we launched them out, and they're pastoring again and ministering in the city of Indianapolis in a church. And I look at that and I say, now that is a house of healing. Yeah. That is a house of healing. That's healing of the soul. And many people here have had that happen in your life. Here's what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. Just pull it up. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you'll find rest for your souls. For look at this. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. If your burden isn't light, it ain't your burden to carry. Because his burden is light. And when you let him carry the burden he wants to carry, then all of a sudden life gets a whole lot lighter, and that's good preaching even if you're not acting like it, all right? So just, just saying, all right? But here, here's the thing, is we point them to Jesus, Because he's the real burden lifter, right? He's the real life changer. He is the one who is able to do what no other power can do. He's the one who gets the stains out that the others left behind in your life, right? He does that, and God's desires for us to move out in that. And I just want to say, I am thankful for Jesus, and I am thankful for his church. Amen. I am. I, I am. I, I, love, I love the church. I love the church. One of the reasons why I'm doing what I'm doing is because I grew up loving the church. I believe in the church, the real church of Jesus, okay? When, when you get the real church of Jesus going, there's nothing like it on the planet all right? There's nothing like it anywhere. When you get around other people of like precious faith and the encouragement and the power and the strength that can come, and let me just say, I want that for everyone. So, if you're not in a life group, you ought to be Because you ought to have people in your life that when life smacks you, and if you say, well, I've never had that big thing where I couldn't handle it on my own. Hang on. (laughs) The mail just hasn't delivered yet, all right? Because eventually it'll happen. It'll just happen because that's just life. Life. And that's why we call them life groups because we do life together. And in those moments when you don't know what to do and all, and you can come to a group of people. And I want this for you as your pastor that will help hold your hands up when they're too weak. That'll encourage you and speak life into you when you need it. That'll pray for you, surround you with prayer. I want that for you. And if you feel like, Craig, that's awesome, I'm sure there's people who need that, but you know, I'm very mature in my faith and everything, I got it, me and Jesus, we're so tight and all, then we need you in our life groups because you're so awesome, okay? (laughs) Yeah, we we just need you in there because you're just going to be so awesome in, in praying for other people. And and let me just go on a couple more things. Just kids' ministry. I'm telling you, if I weren't doing what I was doing, I'd volunteer in the kids' ministry. And here's why. I think it's awesome when an 80-year-old person gets saved at Crossroads and gets baptized. I'm like, oh, wow. That is awesome. 80 years old and they're getting baptized. Wow. But I'm telling you what's more awesome is when an eight-year-old gets baptized. Because here's what I know about that eight-year-old. Their life will never be the same. And if they keep following, and as they keep following Jesus, how many bad choices and bad decisions and bad relationships are they going to avoid because of what they have done in their heart and life? Am I right? I mean, if I were you, I'd just sign up today, all right? I'd just go ahead and give in and volunteer. But, but if maybe that's not your thing, little kids... CSM, right? To be involved in student ministry, to be there when when hormones are going crazy, and and when you don't know if you like boys or you don't, and you don't know about girls or not, and you're awkward, and stuff's happening to your body, and whatever, and you think, what am I supposed to do? And then you go to social media and get really confused, and so so then. Here's what's awesome, is there are people in this church that want to be in that environment where maybe some teenagers don't even have a good parental influence into their life, and you can be that influence in their life. And you can do that every Sunday night, and next Sunday, our new youth pastors, the Mullins, will be in the house. And I'm telling you, if you're not Sunday, Somewhere else, you ought to get in with them because they are going to reach this community for the glory of God and reach teenagers like nothing else. Let me just wrap this up with these last few verses. Galatians 6, verse 8 and 9, if you got it. Here's what it says. The one who sows to please his sinful nature will from that nature reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit From the Spirit will reap eternal life. In other words, you reap what you sow, right? You know that. And and he says, so let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Here's what the enemy, uh, to me, one of the big things he tries to do today, more than anything, is get people to give up. If he can just give you, get you to give up, I, I'm just going to give up. I, I just can't do it anymore. I, I just can't go another day. If he can get you to get there, see, then he can stop the harvest before it comes. And I want to speak over you today that the harvest is coming. Don't you dare give up. Don't you dare give in. Don't you stop throwing the seed around because in due season you will reap if you don't give up. Your healing is on the way. That teenager that's in rebellion is about to turn around. That job that you desired and it's not happened yet is on its way. Those doors that have been closed are about to open up if You'll just keep believing and keep trusting. God says that it will happen. Don't give up, Paul says. Don't you give up. Don't give up. Don't give up. It's coming. It's coming. Let's pray. Father, I pray today for any person who's been tempted to give up. (laughs) Oh, God they would just hear this as a word from you that they don't need to quit. You're still on the throne. And even though their timing is not matching your timing, it doesn't mean it's not gonna happen. And so God today, you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. And if we'll keep sowing then the harvest is just a matter of time. So God, I thank you for that. If you're here today, let me just stop right here. And if you're here today, while eyes are closed and heads are bowed, and you'd say, Craig, I don't want to give in. I don't want to just give 50%. I, I don't want... God's done so much for me. How can I do anything less than my very best for him? And I just want him to know today that I am all in. I am 100% committed. What he wants to do with my life, it's up to him. I just want to serve him and serve others. If that's your prayer, would you just raise your hand with mine and say, yeah, I, I'm just making that affirmation, that commitment all over again to God this morning. God, did you see every hand that's raised? And God, I know the impact of, of just one life on another. And if a whole room full of people would just get involved in this, wow, what an impact we would make. So God, help us this week to use the card in our hands, to use the voice that we have, to use the the money that we have, to use the influence that we have, to use things around us to inspire somebody else, to lift someone else's load, to bring healing to the hurting, to touch someone else. Maybe others of you are here. Like in the first service, we had about three people that, that were in this category That you just, maybe you've never really connected to the living God. Maybe you've done religion before. Maybe you've gone to church before. Maybe you've tried to do religious things before. But what we've been talking about throughout this book of Galatians is a relationship with the living God. And if you're here today and in thinking about that, if you can't honestly say, I I have a relationship with the living God. I, I feel like I can talk to him and I feel like he speaks to me. If you don't have that, the good news is you can. And what he's done for me, what he's done for others, he'll do for you. And if you're here this morning and you just like to start that relationship with the living God, you know you need him in your life. Will you just raise your hand and say, yeah, that's me today. I need God in my life. Yes, I see the hand. How many over here? God bless you. Over here, God bless you. All right, several hands around the room. So let's just pray. Crossroads family, let's just pray this all together to encourage those who raise their hands. Just say, Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending Jesus to die for me so that I can live for you. I believe He took my sin and paid for it so that I can be free. So today I ask you to wash away my past. Free me of my guilt. Give me a new beginning. And from this day on, as much as I know how, I commit my life to you. Thank you for receiving me as a child of God. In Jesus' name. Amen. Church family, come on. Praise God. It's awesome. Listen, I...